welcome to Minding Your Mental Health. I'm here with my co-host and son, Rob Glasser, and we talk about the topics that shape mental health today. We teach the importance of inclusion and share why we should be kind. So if you are here live or even on replay, it doesn't matter. We love you. Make sure you make comments down below. Tell us where you are watching from. Hello, Rob. we got a great show today, don't we? We do. Uh, learning new things is always fun. And today we are learning all about meditation, what it is, yep. where it comes from. And, of course, some of our favorite tools that we use right. um, when we do it. And I want to remind our audience, if you are turning in live, we would love to put your comments up on the screen. So make sure you comment and we'll put them on the screen. I don't know which direction we are. All right. So here we go. We're going to jump right in. And I think the best way to jump in, Rob, is to give a quick history about meditation and mindfulness. So let's yeah. do it. Well, it'll be as quick as I can make it because this is definitely a uh, topic that spans back all the way, depending on who you ask, to either 1500 BCE in India or the 3rd and 6th century BCE in China. Now, the interesting part here is that unlike other scientific or other historical topics, we don't know who invented the idea of meditation, mainly because it's so different and widespread throughout all parts of the world. Now, there's three major players, so to speak, we can call them in this. Uh, the first one in India, we have the Buddha, also known as Siddhartha Gautama in Sanskrit or Siddhartha Gautama in Pali. He was a prince who became a monk, a sage, a philosopher, and a religious leader. It's his teachings as to where Buddhism was founded. Many people think because of what the Buddha created, it came from him. That is not the case. That's farther from the truth. The Buddhist texts refer to different practices of meditation and or mindfulness, and the Buddhists sought other enlightened teachers to learn from. So you'll notice as we go, a lot of things go off each other. So it's not one person saying, I know it all. It's this is the group of people that right. learn. Um, from him, uh, out of China, we also have Lao Tzu, who a lot of people know from his writings and books, mm -hmm. also known as Lao Tzu or Lao Tzu. Um, his honor, his title, or I'm sorry, his name is essentially an honor because it translates to old teacher, or old master. So he is the teacher or master of Chinese philosophy. Didn't know that. Um, he's accredited as the author of Tao Te Ching, a work of text that exemplifies his thoughts and teachings founded under Taoism. So we have Buddhism, now we have Taoism. Right. And this one references meditative practices and the wisdom of silence. So um, one of the differences of meditations, you know, I do guided you and enjoy the music. There's a difference of somebody walking you through it, AKA okay. guided, or here's some nice peaceful music. Why don't mm -hmm. you sit for a while and kind of just Envelop. So Taoism would There's be the latter. Both, right? There's a place for both. Yeah. So Taoism would be the latter because that's the, the silence, basically. Right. And Buddhism, you could say, would be the guided, let me show you the steps. Right. right. Now, the last big one named Dosho was a Japanese monk in the 7th century who actually traveled to China and studied Buddhism 
under another master named Sun Sang. And it was during this journey that he learned all about Zen. So Zen is more of the Japanese. So already we can tell we've already hit three countries, India, right. Japan, and um, China. And we already have three different ways of doing it. Mm. So before I go to the next part really quick, I think the easiest way to break it down is, and fortunately or unfortunately, because we as a culture here, we kind of just mush it together. Right. It's important to kind of just, uh, not disintegrate, to Decide. separate okay. the different two. So Buddhism really is the knowing and learning. And we'll talk about people like the Dalai Lama later, who really goes into detail right. there. We have Taoism, which is kind of the, the nature. Let's, let's look around you and let's appreciate there. From Japan, we have the process of Zen, which this place didn't have an exact definition, but for me, it's just kind of peace. Right. It's like another word for able to be right. without... That's being. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no worry, no baggage, no nothing. It's exactly. just you are there. So the really cool thing about this website, it's called positivepsychology.com, is they kind of broke down a timeline of dates. So I'm going to kind of go through some of the big parts here. So as I mentioned before, 5,000 to 3,500 BC was the oldest documented evidence, and it was actually wall art in India, but it was a meditation. So somebody somewhere back wrote a, a meditation on the wall in obviously the language, I believe it's Hindi. Right. And that was the first meditation ever. So from this, some scientists actually say Neanderthal and, and stuff like that, they might've had their own culture and religion, so to speak, because a lot of this stuff was so far back. Wow. We jumped to the fifth and sixth century and we have the development of Taoist China and Buddhist India. So it took a little while to get there, right. but as we know, obviously, you know, whether it's Judaism, Christianity, what have you, you evolve as you become. And what you do today right. is definitely not what you did way, way back when, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Um, eighth century, uh, the expansion of Japanese Buddhism uh, meditation spreads into Japan. So at that point, with people like Dosho and others, they started bringing Buddhism out of India into Japan. Um, in the 11th and 12th century, it actually went to Islam, and there's a concept called Dikar, which is interpreted by various meditative techniques, becomes an essential element of Sufism, one of an old Islam religion right. as well. So we're seeing as it goes through how much it comes, and not until 1936 did it actually hit here with science fully understanding what meditation is. Now, look at that word there really quick. Whereas before it was straight culture and being, we have to make it into a science. We can't leave it at, there's no reason behind it, just do it. We have to have a bunch of guys or women, whoever, sitting in the thing going, there's got to be a point. There's got to be a reason, right. You know, so I just I had to throw that out there because I thought that was kind of interesting that the first point right. gets here, it turns into a science, which I'm sure we'll go into, but... Yeah. Just keep in the back of your mind, guys, as we talk, because you'll know that, you know. Now, the first time that a yogi, his name is Maharashi Mahesh, he promotes transcendental meditation. And I think I can actually jump into Deepak Chopra really quick and talk that, because that's the, the deep 
that's the trance state. That's the ability to literally, and I actually saw this uh, on History Channel. They actually, they took a brain scan of him. He can shut off his, his cortex, basically, and the entire brain scan goes blue, meaning there's no movement, but he's awake. And this type of transcendental meditation, very hard, only a select few, and I'm sure you've read on it as well. Right. Only a select few can hit this, but it's amazing to see how, you know, flesh and blood person can literally turn off their brain. Wow. Yeah. And just float, basically. Well, I, you know, I, I, w- I think I was telling you this off camera. Um, your grandmother, my mother, um, actually did TM, Transcendental Meditation, way back when I was growing up. And I distinctly remember, all of us kids remember, it was a big thing because you would get your word, your, your mantra, the word that you would do, and you were not allowed to share it. And I'm not sure what the reasoning behind that was, but boy, did my mom have her mantra and she was her word and to this day i have always wondered what that word is and i'm wondering rob is it the word is it the sound what is it about having that something that you focus on or is it something like what we do with breath work today you know why that yeah i don't know because i you know i I do the guided so for me whether it's you know calm or inner space or whoever i do the one where you close your eyes and you listen to the person just say you know imagine yourself on a mountain I can't really pinpoint how it helps per se. Right. It could just be listening to somebody. Right. Um, but I would say, depending on who you are, you're probably going to find your thing. So right. if it's a word, a sound, uh, a feeling, you know, a thing, whatever, you're going to find it. And I think part of it is not actually really having to explain it. I think, Exactly. If you were to explain it, you would probably lose the point of what you're doing because it becomes more of a, oh, here, try this. And it's less of a, this yeah, is Exactly. One of the people that I follow right now, he calls it home base. And he calls it finding that home base, whether it's uh, feeling the breath coming in, whether you feel it where you're sitting, finding your home base and focusing it on that, which is such a modern concept, right? Home base, which I find interesting all by itself. So let's jump into some of these names and some of these powerful people. You mentioned Dalai Lama already, right? Well, actually, I'm in perfect switchover because the final part of my thing really quick was in the 70s is when we first started getting meditation as research, showing the effectiveness. So Herbert Benson in the 1970s proved that meditation works. 79, your guy, uh, John Kabat-Zinn, opened one of the first centers and continued on work. So not that long ago, 1970, 1980 was when you finally used it as something. But again, and, and, and when we got talk about these people, and you know me, I like, I like to give credit where it's due. It's not, you know, we're not the give all to what we did here. Meditation goes back before we were born, it goes back before... A lot of us were here, and that's one reason why I like when we're going to talk about um, the first guy being Nick Kiyomahavong. Easy for you to say. Butchered his name. (laughs) And, of course, the Dalai Lama, which we'll get into in a minute. Now, Nick, I came across kind of by accident the other day. I sent you one of his videos. Right. Um, And the video I'm going to go over because I watched it again today. He did some morning habits, and it's actually good timing because we began doing some new morning habits at home here mainly for physical and mental as well. Right. 
but the the reason why talk uh, listening to these guys and again nothing against the newer people i know they're just as smart but for me i feel more of a connection to the original because they they may not know it all but they feel it all they do it all they're the ones that will say i could be wrong it may not work but listen anyway because you're going to be surprised at what you're going to, to hear if you're so, just tuning in, hold on. If you're just tuning in, we're talking all about meditation, mindfulness. We're going way, way, way back with Rob, with with where it all started, and we're moving towards now modern time, which is very exciting. So, if you have any questions and you have any comments, make sure you put them in the chat below. All right, go ahead. Uh, I can't tell what's backwards. Um, okay, so the uh, Nick that I just found. One of the videos I watched was uh, morning med- uh, morning habits, right. and a lot of them are things that you may or may not do, but you may not understand the full just behind it. So one of them was simply sitting and breathing. You right. get out of bed, you sit, you look around, you kind of just chill. Right. Yeah, you just be. Um, and that one is one that you'll see throughout many, uh, meditation teachers, uh, books, videos, whatever. It's just a matter of just sit and either listen, watch, close your eyes, look at a picture, whatever it is you want to do and just kind of just, just be there and just do it. And then the other one that is so funny to me because it's a chore that we do regularly, but make your bed. He focuses on making your bed. Now, that one I know from different things. There's also the, the habit-forming books and stuff like that. But really, it's the training or tricking or retraining your brain into you did something first thing. You have no reason to not keep it up. Now, one of the new habits we're doing here is morning exercise. So before we get to work, we hop in the, the gym. We do a video in the morning to get our day. Right. And that supposedly is supposed to get your brain right. motivated. Right. So... Just doing a simple chore of, and, and it's not even, you know, you're just straightening the sheets up, popping the pillows up, just making it look nice. That's all you're doing. It takes all of 10 seconds. Right. And there you go. Um, so I, I was, so I sent it to you. I know you liked them a lot. So on that video or anything else you watched, what, what did you like off of his? I really like the idea that there's a routine. I like the idea of being able to set up things so that you have, again, we've talked about this on every show. We like structure. We like knowing what we're doing next, right? And when you were when you showed me and introduced me to this gentleman that we cannot pronounce his last name, I said to you at the time, I said, oh my gosh, I have been reading, I've read this book multiple times. In fact, I've had Hal Elrod on my show. Oh, we got a comment here. I'm going to put it up in a second. I've had Hal on my show, and it's called The Miracle Morning, and it's very similar to what Nick does. He talks about the savers, that there are six things that you should do every morning when you get up. And the biggest challenge, what I think is so funny about people is, oh, my God, I have to wake up early. And, you know, for me, I'm up at four. But it's similar. You know, it's the breathing. It's the being. It's the journaling. Because what I learned from him was you really don't have to get up too much earlier necessarily. It's right. just getting yourself five or ten minutes to to do the thing. Um, and I was actually reading her comment while you were talking. Um, and I actually I didn't even think because I, I remember the movie. I remember all that stuff. But you're right. right this is actually a good example um, of going to the source 
and learning. And it's funny because the, I told you the important thing for me was to really get people to know that it's not a thing. It's a lifestyle. Like yeah. people do this as part of living. Right. I think I'll jump into Dalai Lama because who better? So I have a couple of books that, that I've done, but this one was, was one of my favorites that I'm, I'm kind of halfway through, but it's a great book. Uh, Howard Cutler, the guy who interviewed him, got to literally sit down with him, I think, for a month. The Dalai Lama happened to be on one of his tours in, in America here. Um, I'm trying to think. When did they write this? I don't think this was actually that old. Um, and which Dalai it, Lama it was, was this one? Number 14, you said? Uh, Dalai Lama number 14. Um, so this was... Oh, actually, okay. The first hardcover was actually 1998. So actually, this was a little while ago. Okay, so my bad. So this one was interesting. So um, what I liked about this one was is he got real with the answers to the questions. He got literally, he made jokes to this guy about how silly Americans answer to these such simple things. And there are questions here, like, for instance, uh, Howard says, you know, what's happiness, whatever. And the Dalai Lama just says, you know, I don't know. What's happiness to you? You know, like right. he gets so down to it. And, he, and really the explanations he gives in here is there's no right or wrong answer beyond, you know, being kind, being good, right. you know, whatever. But when it comes down to why you're doing what you're doing, that's kind of up to you. That's that's on you. And the funniest story, and I think I told you this, was he walked to the Mall of America and, you know, one of the biggest malls here. And he walked down the thing and he goes, oh, I want one of those. And I want one of those. This is the Dalai Lama talking. He goes, he got to the end of the row. He got out. He goes, eh, I'm good. He left and he took off back to his hotel and just whatever. And it's the funniest thing in the world because even he who lives the idea of, you know, simple, uh, you know, minimal, whatever, even he will go, yeah, of course, I want that stuff. I want the gadgets. I want the stuff. But then he goes, not really. That's now, a whole minimalism thing. That's really jumping into minimalism. Yeah. And now my favorite book, this one, Beyond Religion, I actually did a book club on this on my other uh, station on Ultra Universe Live that we do episodes here as well. Um, this one, okay, and actually his real name, by the way, it's right here. His name is Tenzin Gayatso, His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama. So that's his full title. Okay. In case you're curious. But this one's interesting. So a lot of the times, and you know, we don't want to get too obviously politi politically religious here, but a lot of times the issue at hand is which one do we think is the, the, the better calling to do so? Now, obviously for me, I'm one of thinking, you know, Judaism, Christianity, Muslim, all kind of comes from the same thing. I'm that kind of believer that everything comes out of it. What he goes is he goes a step beyond. He has no problem with who you are, what you do. His whole thing is don't use your religion to di uh, dictate your goal. Use your humanity to dictate mm -hmm. your goal. And you can be any sort of religion, any sort of person, culture, what have you, if you don't have the idea of kind or good, whatever it means to you. Again, kind, good can mean anything. Right. But he goes beyond that. And that's why I love that book. And I finished this one really quick, actually, because it was that good of a book. Um but that's why I like the guy, because you would think somebody in that area, and, you know, obviously, you know, we, I've, you know we, we've done temple, I've been to, to churches before. A lot of times, yes, it is very, you, you, you do the prayer, you do the stuff, and you read, and that's, that's, your, that's your, your right. prayer session. But the Dalai Lama brings meditation to the masses and right. says, hey, 
you don't have to be religious like me. You don't have to take a vow of silence like me. Right. You can still be, you know. Right. So it, it's really cool, guys. It's really. It is, it is really cool. And I, I kind of want to jump into the more modern people because we are, believe it or not, we're running into the, towards the end. And I don't, we had a question from Dee who actually put this up. Did we recommend what kind of meditations do we recommend? So as we get around to talking about that, I think one of the things that's so fascinating is that you, who are younger than me, are really, really into um, the more traditional, the older, you know, the, all of that kind of meditation and mindfulness. And I, who clearly am older, um, I am very much into the modern meditations. And what does that mean? I mean, there are apps out there. You've got the Calm app. You've got Insight Timer. You've got Headspace. Um, you've got David Gandelman, who has the meditation school. Um, you've got and you've got people that are that are actually recognized as the head. Like you had Dalai Lama and you had Deepak Chopra. So like uh, Tamara Levitt, she is like the, the the face behind Calm. And I use the app. Rob, you use YouTube, right? Yeah, I find their channel on YouTube. I use their... Uh, their... And, and the point being for everyone is, is that you don't have to pay for this. I mean, these are things that you can find on YouTube. You can find on, on music channels. It's They're everywhere. I mean, you can pay for it. And if it's something that really, really speaks to you, then obviously we encourage you to go get that thing that's, that's going to work with you. Um, so we're going to do a couple of, of things. We're going to do a breathing exercise because I want to answer Dee's question. So one of the things, one of the ways you can meditate is just simply by your breath, right? Mm -hmm. So why don't we do a, a sample of that? Rob, you want to do that? I'm going to put you on solo here. Hold on. Okay. Um, so I do what's called box breathing and you, as weird as it sounds, and I still can't tell you how to, what it means, but you pretend you are in a box. Um, so it's as simple as breath in, breath out, breath in, breath out. And it signifies the four sides of a square or a box. And the other one I like doing, which is harder to show, you would need the visuals, the breathing bubble, but it's the same idea. You breathe in, you hold, you breathe out. But that's my example of doing an easy one if you want something that takes all of two minutes, three minutes. So for me, I breath is, is I like guided meditations as well. I do like music meditations, but I especially like the guided meditations as well. And um, I like the breathing guided meditations because I want somebody to count for me. I mean, it becomes that basic, right? Um, but I think the focusing on the counting, so when you're inhaling for a four count, holding it for four counts, exhaling for four counts, and then holding it for four counts, there's also breathing where you inhale for four, hold it for seven, exhale for eight. And, you know, somebody asked me about, well, how are you supposed to remember that? That's exactly the point. You are focused on those numbers as you're doing it. So whatever works for you guys, I mean, check out any of these apps, check out uh, YouTube, check out um there's so many different things. And then there's also binaural. So what is binaural? That is, those are tones, right? So from what I know and what I've seen, it's similar to kind of the transcendental, not as deep, but it's your layman speak, tapping into your brain waves to kind of get a sense of calm, basically. 
Um, you're using, yeah, usually a sound or some sort of, I don't know how to do without sounding, but you know, some sort of motion. Um, but you're basically tapping into your brain waves to get you to a state. That, that makes perfect, perfect sense. Now, is the only way to be mindful and meditate is through sitting quietly and doing that? Or are there other ways, right? There are other ways. No, no, no. There are other ways to get into it. Um, and I want to, I happen to do something and I think it's funny because you talked about Zen. And so I do something called Zen Tangle. Now I am the least creative person that I know personally. However, I actually found this whole thing called Zen Tangle, which I'll show you some things. Um, it is a, a way to get into a Zen mode when you do this. So you literally create beautiful pictures and you do it. I'm not an artist and I'm telling you this. I'm not an artist. It's a pattern that I learned how to do and I did it. I first do a breathing exercise and I did it. I'm just showing you some of these because I want you to know that there are things that you can do that even you didn't know you could do. I mean, literally, I'm not an artist. Um, it could be as simple as doing some flowers. And when you are focusing on this, when you are doing this, trust me, there's no way you can think about anything else. I'm just gonna show you a couple more. And these are all done with pen because in Zentangle, there are no mistakes, which is an interesting thing. No matter what you do, there are no mistakes. So we encourage you, go out and get some colored pencils. Isn't that a beautiful box? These are all available on Amazon. We're going to show you a list. If you're going to journal, I mean, I must have a gazillion journals because I'm weird that way. Here's a gorgeous, gorgeous journal. It's all in leather. I have yet to use it because I'm afraid to ruin it. So it's one of those things that sits on my, my shelf. Um, or go out and get yourself a little binder. This is a little dog binder, you know, right in there. Whatever works for you. Get a, 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 a journal, a, um, a notebook, whatever works. Create that system, right? Create that system in your life, whether it's going to be um, the gentleman that you were speaking about that we can't pronounce his last name, um, uh, Nick Keomahabong, or if you want to go check out Hal Elrod and do his morning miracle tasks as well. Um, David Gandelman is another one. So I'm going to show you his book, The Seven Energies of the Soul. This guy is amazing, but he is really modern, really new. He's in Colorado. He is very much involved with Insight Timer, and he has his own um, school called Meditation School. It's literally the meditationschool.com. David Gandelman, young guy, love his stuff. And of course, if you're going to really get into Zen Tangle, you might want to go pick up a book. Um, so lots of things, right, Rob, Rob? There's lots and lots and lots of things that we have going on here. Let Go ahead and, and continue talking. I want to share um, uh, the Amazon link so people can go check out some of these things. We're not telling you to go buy anything. We're telling you to go check out some things that when they resonate, you're going to say, oh, maybe I do really need to have that. So I'm bringing that up right now. Um, Rob, any last minutes? things that we should be telling our audience about in terms of mindfulness and meditation? Boy, did we rush through this. Woof. Uh, no, I think I pretty much said my piece. But yeah, check out the books we have. Um, you might recognize the cards from the other episode we did. Um, yeah, no, I think, uh, cool. I think we got it. Cool, cool. I'm actually going to put the link to the, um, the Amazon um, 
products. I'm going to get off of this. We want to thank everyone because you have a choice as to where you spend your time. You chose to spend it with us today, especially want to thank Dee for participating with us today. Go check out some of these really cool items. And while you're at it, make sure you follow Rob all over the place. He's on LinkedIn. He is on YouTube, Altered Universe. He is on Twitter, Altered Universe One. As I said, he's also got an amazing website, alteruniverse.live, and on YouTube. You're everywhere. And I'm everywhere too. Karen Glasser, go check that out. But as we do at the end of every single show, we want to give you some resources. So first we want to give you the NIMH. We should know this already by now. National Institute of Mental Health. Yes. Great resource. We also have NAMI to share with you. And that is the National Association of Mental Illness. And finally, this is really, really cool. This is new. Uh, within the last um, month or so. This is the 988 number. If you are suffering right now and you need someone to talk to, please go talk to somebody. Dial 988. They will route you to wherever you need to be. Also, I know that Rob is available. We're always available. Reach out to us on any of our social and say, hey, like the show. Would you do a topic like this? We'd love to hear what you think and what you would like to be seeing. Go out. Give someone an awesome day. Rob, I'll see you next time, next week on Minding Your Mental Health. We're talking all about, I'm really excited about this one. We're talking all about, guess what? Social media. See you next week, everyone. Bye.